Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Hey, what a weekend of sports. The AFC Championship, the NFC Championship, and wow, wow, wow. How could the Jags let it slip away so easily? Wow, the Jags had a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter and couldn't hold on. Man, you know, we're all sitting here thinking, wow, the Jags really have a shot at this thing. These Jaguars really have a shot at this thing. And they just really just could not hold on. You know, some people have criticized the Jags on defense. You know, um, running the same play on defense. You know, a lot of people was criticizing the Jags for going into a zone when they had been pretty much playing man-to-man the entire game up until the fourth quarter. Then they decided to protect their lead and play a zone defense against man against Tom Brady. I think that was probably the biggest mistake of the weekend of football is the Jacksonville Jaguars not trusting what got them to the AFC Championship. And, I mean, really, I mean, when you don't, that's, that was the best thing they had going was their defense. And if you're going to try and get stagnant on defense and play not to lose instead of playing to win, I can understand you're playing not to lose on offense because, hey, after all, Blake Bortles is your quarterback. But even with that, you have to play to your strength. And the strength of this Jaguars team is definitely without question. It was their defense. You know, some people are going to say, well, the Jaguars had six penalties. And the New England Patriots had one penalty the entire game. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, we don't expect the Bill Belichick team to get a whole lot of penalties. And we, and be honest with you, six penalties from the Jaguars is not a lot of penalties. Um, but, Let's don't throw it to um, complaining about the penalties. Let's don't throw it to um, complaining about the referees. But we can say this. I really feel like the Jaguars played not to lose in the fourth quarter, and that was their downfall in this game. I don't think it could have been anything else besides them just not – them playing at a, at, a, at, a, at a level the entire game. I mean, they were playing – they're playing like the AFC champ. They're playing like they deserve to be in the AFC championship game. And let's don't take anything away from this 40-year-old guy named Tom. And as a matter of fact, some of these guys on that team, some of these guys that are out there playing with Tom probably need to call him Uncle Tom because he should be their age. You know, he's, he's old enough to be a lot of them guys' uncle. You know, this man is 40 years old. We got cat. We got cat, cats coming into the league now, 20, 21 years old. Come on. Tom Brady is old enough to be their uncle. So the question is, you know, Tom Brady had a had a had a good game and suffered a lot of heat 
I mean, he got a lot of pressure on him the entire game. Jaguars sacked him a number of times, um, but it, it was it was the fact that Tom Brady was so cool that it didn't matter, you know. And and the Jaguars sacked Tom Brady three times in this game. Brick uh, Bortles he he suffered three sacks in this game as well. But the Jaguars played this game, I would say, probably to perfection up until the fourth quarter when they just really lost it. They, 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 you just can't play. You got to play to win the entire game. Jimmy Johnson said it best when he was at University of Miami and when he was with the Dallas Cowboys. When you get them down, pour it on. You know, I mean, and, and, and this Jaguar team had them down and just couldn't pour it on. You know, um, they just couldn't. Pull the trigger, some people would say, or some people wouldn't say, put the dagger in. But the Jaguars could not could not finish the deal. Um, we got Van on the line. Van, what's happening? Yeah, I uh, just calling in about the Jaguars. How, how did you feel about that game on on, on yesterday? Well, uh, I was Van? very disappointed. Uh, they they should have won the game, but. Uh, it seemed like, uh, as far as offense goes, they did the same thing in this game that they did in Pittsburgh. Now, in Pittsburgh, uh, they won the game, but they could very well have lost that game. In other words, when they had the lead, they just sat on it and expected the uh, defense to win the game. So my, question, so my question to you is, uh, and you can ask me the same question. But if you were the offensive coordinator of the Jaguars in the second half, what would you have done differently? If I'm the offense coordinator for the Jaguars in that second half, I, I really think we cannot play conservative. We can't just run the ball up in there and and be happy with one yard and punt the ball on fourth down. I really think the Jaguars really needed to get a little creative. And I think when when Blake Borders is your quarterback, you're almost kind of a little scary. You don't know when the helter-skelter quarterback is going to show up. And Blake Borders had a pretty good game uh, up until, you know, the, the uh, I, I'd say well, the he, did, he didn't throw any interceptions. Nah, I, don't know his, I don't know what his quarterback rating was, but it was probably pretty good. But I don't think any of this has to do with him. I, I think it has to do with the uh, play calling. Uh, in the first half, uh, those plays they made to uh, uh, what's it, uh, Corey Grant, you know, when, when he was making his 10-yard, uh, uh, those uh, swing passes to him, and he's run for 10, 15 yards at a time. I, didn't, yeah. I don't recall seeing any of that in the second half. And from what I understand, if something's working, you keep doing it until they stop it. And uh, the Jaguars decide to stop it themselves, and they end up losing the game. Yeah, and and you know um, one of the Jaguars, um, the defensive one of their defensive backs, um, he had a big complaint about the Jaguars went to a zone defense in the fourth quarter, and he said they were really handing it to the to the New England Patriots. Oh yeah, playing man to man defense with them, right. and they and, w- and when you put it when you put a a zone defense in front of Tom Brady, that's almost like putting a stake in front of a a pit bull. You understand right. what I'm saying? It's just you know, it's just it's yeah, just not just a take good. Take it apart. He, and that's exactly what he did. He picked them apart. And well, uh, I remember a few weeks ago, uh, uh, sportscasters were saying that probably a team uh, 
New England doesn't want to play is Jaguars because they play such good man-to-man defense. And uh, so what do they do at the end of the game? They go away from it into the zone. I, I just don't understand how they <laughs> – now there are some bad calls too, especially at play on Miles Jack where he snatched the ball and they blew, blew the whistle. Um, that was a terrible call because he could have run that back for a touchdown. I think it would have made score 27-10. And, uh, I mean, that would have been a lot for Brady to overcome, not saying he couldn't do it, but uh, – you know, it sure would have made it a lot tougher. I think that was a big play in the game, and I, I really think that was – it was no doubt a fumble. And when, when, when Miles Jack rolled over, he had the ball in his lap. Yeah. You know what I mean? He hadn't been yeah. touched. He had the ball in his lap. He picks it up, takes off running. I thought that should have been a touchdown. And what, what bugs me about plays like that is I don't think the referee should blow the whistle so hastily. If he sees that it, it's a possible fumble – and a return, you're going to look at that play three or four times anyway. Don't blow the whistle on a play like that. Yeah. Because and, well, and, and I think I, that's uh, part of the thing with New England. They get the, uh, uh, what do you call it? They get all the calls. You know what I mean? You know, because they are who they are. And, uh, you know, if, if you're going to beat them, it's going hard to beat them because if there's a, a questionable call, I, I would bet you 90% of the time it will go their way. And, of course, that's what helped them win the game. I think that helped them win the game yesterday. I'm not going to say the referees had a big big influence on it, but did you see after the game when Tom Brady was talking to someone on the field and this referee walked up to him and patted him on the chest real quick and said, hey, way to go, Tom. You know I got your back every time, buddy. No, I didn't see that. You got to see that. Look that up on the internet. Oh, that's referee awful. After the game, it's awful. I mean, it, it, it yeah. left a bad impression on of, of a referee. You don't think that, you know, you see players talk to each other after games, but usually referees are bolting out of the stadium. They don't spend yeah. a lot of time on the field. But this guy actually went up to Tom Brady, patted him on his chest, and you can look like him and say, hey, man, you know I got your back all the time. And it's Terrible. just not a good not a good look for him. Um, well, I'm sure the uh, NFL will look into him as far as whether or not they want to keep him as a referee. Yeah. Hey, let me ask something. Let me ask something. Uh, getting away from the game, but uh, I sent an email to a friend of mine who's a big uh, Steelers fan. And now, tell me if you agree with me or not. Uh, I, I, I did. A, I drew a comparison between Blake Bortles in his early years with the Jaguars and Terry Bradshaw in his early years with the Steelers. Uh, both were number one draft picks. They both came from relatively small schools. Uh, a lot was expected from them. When they didn't deliver, uh, people were ready to run them out of town. Bradshaw was replaced by Joe Gilliam. I don't know if you remember that. I remember. For a brief period. Then he came back and took over. And it was that game with the Immaculate Reception. I think it was the Steelers' first playoff game. And then from there on, you know, it was uh, the rest of his history as far as Bradshaw and the four uh, Super Bowl wins. But anyway, my point was when I, when, when that game started uh, Sunday, I'm saying to myself, I hope it follows the same scenario. You know, this guy Bortles, he works his butt off. He, you know, he deserves any good things that come his way. And I was just hoping there might be that one special play in the game that would be the difference. It would give uh, Bortles. Uh, and the team to victory and uh, send them off into uh, many more years of uh, playoffs. Well, I, I, I can see the comparison with, um, with Terry Bradshaw and Blake Bortles, uh, especially coming from a small school. 
Um, I, I, I really see where you're coming from with this. The thing I think with Blake Bortles is, is that they, and, and hold on, the comparison between these two guys, Blake Bortles and Terry Bradshaw, to me is a lot of people didn't think Terry Bradshaw was a very smart quarterback when he was in the league early in That's his right. career. And a lot of people think the same thing about Blake Borders, that he's not a very smart guy. He doesn't put it work in in the classroom that 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 conveys onto the field. And I'm going to tell you something. You can see a guy like Tom Brady, this guy, and the top quarterbacks, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, even, even uh, Cam Newton. These guys put the work in. You look at them, they know who's open before the play starts. They look. They can look people off because they know where they want to throw the ball to. Blake Borders right. does not have enough confidence in his game yet to do those He's kind of things. He's doing better. He's going through the progressions. He is doing better. And I, I, would, I would say he is doing better. And, and, and the comparison is, is that, hey... They didn't think Bradshaw could do it when, when early in his career, but he proved them wrong. And, um, and guess I'm what? Pittsburgh had a really strong to. defense. They had the iron curtain, or what do you call it, steel curtain? The steel curtain. Mean Joe yeah. Green. So he didn't yeah. have to be a superstar. In fact, I don't think, I, I saw an article someplace that was uh, the 10 worst Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. I couldn't believe it. they put uh, Bradshaw in there. Hey, a lot of people still don't think Bradshaw um, deserved everything that he got because of the team that was around him, especially at defense. You're talking about Lance yeah. Swan. Uh, he was. He. Uh, I can't think of the other um, uh, receiver, but those were two of the probably the, both Star of those guys. Uh, Starworth and Swan. Both of them are in yeah. the Hall of Fame. You know. Yeah. And you talk. And you well, talking about another Hall of Fame on this Jaguars team? They're going up in the Hall of Fame. I hope to see some of these Jaguar players in the Hall of Fame, and I really think this Jaguar team is a is a team to be reckoned with for some years. I think oh, yeah. the biggest key is Blake Bortles being a a top level quarterback. I just don't think you can go to the Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl unless you have a top level quarterback. Now I say that and here the Philadelphia Eagles are playing in the Super Bowl with yeah. Nick Foles. And it wasn't four weeks ago people thought Nick Foles should be on the on the garbage pile. But here yeah. this guy is playing in the Super Bowl. But if we remember Nick Foles from from um, a few years back, yeah. he wasn't a bad quarterback. You know no, what I mean? He wasn't he, bad he, at all. Not at all. So he played. They played some pretty good football. And yesterday, um, Nick Foles played like a real champion. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't think it. We couldn't have asked anybody to play better than he did. Well, uh, yesterday, I was. I don't know. I wasn't that much interested in the game. I would have preferred seeing uh, New Orleans playing the Eagles. You know, Minnesota got lucky, and you know they got there and they got creamed. But uh, when you've ever seen a game with New Orleans with uh, Drew Brees going against the Eagles, then uh, Case Keenum? Well, I think it would have been a much better matchup. And uh, and the way New Orleans lost that game um, last week, it was it yeah. was just horrible. That was pitiful. It, it was pitiful. And they didn't deserve to be there after losing like that. Did and they probably the would have. How many times did you see the replay of that final play when the guy caught the <laughs> ball and the uh, defensive back whiffed on the uh, tackle? Uh, what's his name? Yeah. Coach of uh, New Orleans was saying afterwards what he was. I don't know if he was defending them or if this just what it was, but the, the reason he missed the tackle, he thought the player, the receiver, was going to go out of bounds to stop the clock, so he put his body between the out of bounds, 
you know, and himself, put himself there. So then what happens, the guy catches the ball and runs down the field for a touchdown. <laughs> you know, um, and, and that's big of Sean Payton to, to take, uh, take up for his player like that because – in his heart, I'm sure he's saying this, uh, I never coach you to duck your head. Because if you ever duck your head in football, it's dangerous. People get hurt like that. Yeah, but and, he's saying he, put, he positioned himself so that the receiver couldn't get out of bounds to stop the clock. And yeah, he kept the in bounds and I missed said, the you know, I guess he's got a point. And I think uh, the guy, the defensive back, thought there was somebody else in the area. You know what I mean? Who would have come over and tackled the receiver. But well, uh, apparently there won because the guy just turned around ran to the end zone. Well, uh, Van, I'm going to say this. Um, I think, like I said, that was very big of Sean Payton to take up yeah. for his player like that. But yeah. we all know that you don't duck your head in football because it's dangerous. And we oh, don't yeah. duck your head in football because you can't see who you're tackling or who you're blocking or how to carry the ball or how to intercept the ball, so we just don't duck our heads. Like, you don't close your eyes in football because you can't see what's going on. So he, in a sense, did the same thing as closing his eyes when you duck your heads. What, you're going to tackle the ground? No, you want to see what you're hitting all the time. Hey, man, we got to get out of here, man. We're up, we're up against commercial break, but, hey, don't be a stranger. I really appreciate you calling us Good here on Sports Info UM. Thanks, to to thanks to man. Hey, it's always good. We look forward to it. Up. every. We'll be here every week. Thanks, man. Hey, we'll okay, be back. I'll give you a call next week. Thanks. We appreciate okay. it. Okay. You take care. We, Say thanks, hey to Monica. Man. I will. Okay. And we'll be back. Okay. After oh, these how was your uh, trip? It's always good, man. Always yeah, that's good. great. Happy for yeah. you. See you later. Take care. Take care, buddy. Hey, we'll be back with more Sports Info UM after these messages. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're diving into planning your 2018 outdoor adventures. Find out about prime DIY hunting opportunities across the country. Get the how-tos of applying for tags and listen for advice from the pros who hunt full-time. Joining us is Kevin Steele, host of Peterson's Hunting Adventures, Jeremy Millette with Silencer Shop, Mrs. Bunny, and more. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, yesterday was a great day for football, unless you were a Minnesota Vikings fan. Yeah, Minnesota just really appeared not to even show up at one point in this game, especially in the second half when it was almost just pretty much out of control. Um, the Vikings just, they just really didn't didn't even look like they wanted to be out there. And you got to wonder what's going to happen with uh, with Case Keenum and, um, and Teddy Bridgewater, both of those guys are on this team, and Sam Bradford. You know, only one of those quarterbacks can play. And we have three quarterbacks that are capable of starting. Two of all three of them have started in the NFL. Hey, we got Steve on the line. Steve, what's going on? Man, I'm still here talking about that loss Sunday by the Jaguars. <laughs> hey. I've to listen to any sports radio, ESPN, or anything. I've been well, listening to that show. Well, I appreciate that, man. I I, I really do it, and I'm I'm a little disappointed myself in these Jacksonville Jaguars, especially when you actually play scared. You know how that thing go when you're gambling? Scared money don't make no money. You know yeah, you can't make no money being scared. You know the Jags they got scared late in the game. You know you can't play not to lose. Let's play to win. You know Jimmy Johnson said it best: when you get them down, pour it on. Don't lighten up, tighten up, man. They just they 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 lighten up. Yep. And you know what though, I, I really think Jaguars in that in that second half, the greatest playmaker they had was the quarterback. Okay? And especially that last team, I would when they needed that first down, I would have dropped back to pass the red borders three times. I don't think they could have stopped them from getting the first down. The Bortles would have, they would have put in a package for him to run the ball. The week before, the man uh, ran for 87 yards, killed the other team with his leg, and they I went agree. into that game and didn't use his leg. I was waiting for that same thing late in the, in the middle of the fourth quarter. I'm saying, when are they going to run some kind of play where they fake the handoff and let him run around the backside? And he's done that so many times this year. That's been a part of their package for a while. And I just didn't – I was waiting on them to do it. They never did it. But um, I really think the Stagwar team, they they got scared. You know, and, and, and when we look at what the New England Patriots did, they did two trick plays in the second half. That's how desperate they were. You know, they, and, and, and they showed they're their, their, um, their being desperate. But the Jaguars really showed how how they were basically settling for a win instead of going out and taking a win. You know, you just right. can't you just can't settle in, in in this game, especially against Tom Brady. You know, that's after, just, they, after they ran that second trick play of our Jacksonville, I, I, as a coach, I would have had to come out the box. I would have had to come out of comfort zone, and we would have had to put some more 
points on the board. You got a great defense, okay? So if you make a mistake, you got somebody to rely on to pull you out. And which they did a couple of times build the offense up or bad or some bad series. But I just don't understand in those passing situations and on first down why they did not run that boy, run uh run their quarterback. I just can't understand. I I mean it's to me it's dumbfounded. To me as well, especially when you only got, you know, it's do or die, win or go home, win and you go to the Super Bowl. You just don't leave nothing on the table, you know. And and like I said, um, the Patriots realized that it was do or die, win or go home. They're two scores down in the fourth quarter. Hey, they started pulling our strings, man. I mean, they started doing trick plays and and everything. And and without their number one play on offense, um, Gronkowski. So um, you got to credit Bill Belichick too, because you know this guy, he's good. Even even more than that, when they start blitzing on uh, borders, they said, "Okay, we can't get to him with four. So they start sending five. When they blitzing, uh, you know, if it's not a zone blitz, then they man. So why? To me, that was the perfect opportunity for them to call a design quarterback run. Perfect, perfect opportunity. They never took advantage of what New England was doing to them uh, defensively. You know, they let they they start to let New England dictate what they were doing. You know, of course you're going to run your um, run your running back. You know, you're going to give him the ball to make them stay honest. Okay, and they and they knew that. You know, I was just hoping that they come up with something, you know, not come up with, but go out there offensively and try to win this doggone game. You know, it's the end of the year. It's the last game before the big game. Win or go home, just like the the Patriots took this. And they never, Jacksonville coaching staff was still trying to play safe. They were, they played safe. They really did play safe, and you just can't do that against Tom, Tom, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick. Now, let me ask you a question. Um, you know, the Jaguars right now have probably one of the best receiver cores in the National Football League. Can they afford to have this level of receiving core at this period in their in the Jaguars? In a, in, a, in a Jaguars organization and can, and think that Blake Bortles is going to come around and take this team where they want to go? Or do they go out and get a quarterback that's smart enough to make these kind of calls that that are going to put them in a position to win? I mean, what do you think? Well, I look at Blake Bortles' track record. You know, he, come, he came out of UCF. He led UCF to uh, their, first, their, their, their greatest victory to beat Baylor. I think in the Fiesta Bowl, he went into pros. He started with Jaguars when they didn't have a great offensive line. They didn't have a running game. They didn't have too much. This year, he played. He played well enough for them to make it to the conference championship. Now, if you're going to bring in another quarterback, I would not bring in another quarterback uh, and give him the job by getting rid of Blake Borders. I would bring in another quarterback, and he would have to win the job. You know and that's what I would. I would bring in. I would bring in competition. Competition breeds competitiveness. Competitiveness builds character. 
which leads to winning. If they just bring in another quarterback and hand him the job, no, I don't agree with that. Unless you bring in um, uh, 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 a Hall of Famer, if you can get uh, Tom Brady, yeah, <laughs> that's a no-brainer. But you're not going to okay. get Tom Brady. Right. So Alex, Alex Smith, Alex Smith, or Eli Manning, either one of them, they'd have to win the job from Blake Bortles. Well, Alex Smith, I don't think is a a, a great um, a great uh, uh, improvement over Blake um, over Bortles. You know, his downfield throwing ain't up the par. Okay. You know, he, he when he was with Kansas City, you know, it's ten yards, five yards, six yards, seven yards. You know, and he depended on his receivers to break, uh, to break a tackle. You know, and go to distance. But Blake Bortles, to me, can win, they can win with Blake Bortles. They could have won that game Sunday with Blake Bortles. You know, I'm pretty sure the coaches of the Jaguars now aren't looking at this film uh, today because they're so disgusted because they knew that they could win this game. And they didn't. They didn't win it when they could have coaching wise. They let Bill Belichick uh, boo them up. I'm gonna put it that way. At the end of the game, <laughs> you know, he came, uh, he came out. He said, "Well, we well we thought Bortles couldn't throw, and we were gonna make him win the game." Then when he saw Bortles winning the game for them, for them, he started listening. He said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him off the spot." It's just like, um, I don't know what series it was. It was a series near the goal line. And um, they actually rolled Blake Bortles out of the pocket. Okay? When you do that, now they backed up to their end zone. Okay? And I think New England scored once they got the ball back because they was on a short field. Uh, when they rolled him out of the pocket, they cut half the field. New England only had the guard half the field. Blake Bortles now who has been in the pocket all game making plays. Then a rolled him, took him out of the conference zone and rolled him out. I could not understand that. I'm thinking it was a third down they did it. A second down, and they did it later on in the game, tried it again. I think they had two rollouts. But why would you do that? You in the, you're trying to win a game. What you saying, okay, uh, the pressure's going to be too hot, then, you know, I played a little ball myself, and I do know when a defense is blitzing you, there's some automatic hot calls that should be made. Right. Now, if he can't make that call, then he needs to take that hit. <laughs> I agree. He needs to take that hit. Yeah. Because he, you got to play the win. He's accountable for one of them. We can't be accountable for all of them. Yeah. Yep. But, yep. Uh, you know, Bortles, I, I can see where Bortles um, – is making improvements, steady improvement, big improvements. Because you look at this team is playing for the AFC Championship yesterday. Um, three years ago, he couldn't have did this. You know, he couldn't have done this three three years ago. But if you look at him after his fourth season, this is his fourth season. How well is he going to be in two more years, or, or how bad is he going to be in two more years? And I think this well, is the, this this right year this year coming up is the make or break year for um, for Bortles. Well, it's going to be a tough year for the Jaguars anyway, because because they're moving to the conference final, their their schedule is going to be tougher. You know, they're they're going to pick up a couple of tougher teams, but but he can win. 
if they make, because the big thing about him is they don't have to rely on him solely. Okay? They just need him not to turn the ball over. Exactly. He did not do in this game. He did not turn the ball over. So, really, I don't put this on Blake, this loss on Blake Barnes at all. I put this loss on on the schematics that the, the coaching staff had and their uh, unwillingness to say, you know what, let's pay for the win at the end. You know, I came out there the second half, we got the ball, we're going deep. You're right. You know, so we're going to let them know <clears throat> that you're going to cover this whole field. That we're not we are here, here to, to win. Yeah, we're here to win this game. You're going to play some ball. And I also think that their running game is going to improve also with uh, Leonard Fournette in the backfield. I, I really do, too. I think he's he, he's a top running back in this league, one of the top running backs in this league now. Um, if he can stay healthy, and this is just his first year, too. And we got to look at things like that. This is his first year. This is Bortles' fourth year. Uh, I think this team is only getting better. They're probably one of the they're in the top five defenses in the NFL right now um this team is is primed to do something really really big and they have one of the best coaches to ever coach in the NFL and I'm talking about Tom Coughlin he's not the coach of the Jaguars but you can best believe he has his hand in the mix of everything that goes on in that organization being a general manager for the Jacksonville Jaguars so hey I'm expecting these Jaguars to only grow and get bigger and do bigger and better things off of this off of this loss from um the New England Patriots. I think this is going to really, really take this team to another level. And just being in the AFC Championship has really taken this team and put them on a pedestal, put them up there. People have to watch the Jaguars now. They have to know that the Jaguars are are coming. It ain't just like, oh, that's old Jaguars. They don't win at home. They don't win on the road. And I'm going to tell you, man, I'm the first person to tell you, I, I used to love going to Jaguars game because I could go there with 50 bucks and have a couple of beers, get a ticket, and pay for parking with $50. <laughs> You know, you just can't do that anymore. You know, that lets you know the progress that's being made in Jacksonville. And I'm really proud of that organization. I'm happy for the city. And I'm really happy for this team, man, to see that, um, hey, we are we are real contenders now. There is no $50, two beers, and parking and a ticket anymore in Jacksonville. <laughs> Let me ask this question here because my, uh, my thought staff have moved on to, well, first, I hope they're a pretty young team. I hope this make them hungry and not, you know, hungry right. in this offseason to get ready for another season and understand that the grind is on the way. But I'm curious that the, 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 my mind is with now how they're going to strengthen their, their team through the draft. Um, I, see some, I see some needs, and um, they really need some more coverage skills at the safety position. You know, and I hear this boy from Florida State, the uh, safety, it's, it's falling in the draft, uh, the James kid. And I was wondering, do you think he might fall to them? You know, um, I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't. I, I really don't think so. I, I think the Jags, uh, they are going for. They're, they're definitely going to go for some help on defense, and, sa- and safety is probably one of those positions. And to see the kid, um, Jack, coming off the field yesterday. I really think they may have to go for another linebacker because, you know, the kid um, Jack came to the Jaguars mm-hmm. with an injury and we're not they're really not sure what his injury is going to be like. Um, 
what the, what his injury was from yesterday. But my thing is, um, you take a kid, you you take a guy like um, the Jaguars are definitely going to look for a quarterback in this year's draft. And I don't know who it's going to be, but they're going to look for a quarterback probably somewhere in the third or fourth round. But they will spend a quarter, uh, get a quarterback in a draft this year. You look at a guy like Kirk Cousins who was drafted in the fourth round, and now he's a starter. And the guy that started, that, that, that they drafted in the first round, is gone. I'm talking about Robert Griffin. Um, so I, I, I know the Jaguars, I just got a feeling that the Jaguars are going to be looking and hunting for a quarterback in this year's draft. And I would agree with you. They're going to go somewhere help on defense, probably in the, at safety or, um, or linebacker early in the game, safety or linebacker. Well, let me ask you this, because when, I, when I'm thinking about Jaguars this season, well, I'm thinking about them moving forward in the future right now. Um, you know, I, I think it really comes down to, you know, having a uh, having a good uh, system in place for your uh, draft. Because right now, they, they, it's, it's a key moment for them. You know, one added piece on offense or defense can make a world of difference for them right now. You know, especially at the secondary position, help at more help at linebacker and more depth at at the. Um, on the line, I think, and I, I really, uh, I'm just so, you know, if 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 you don't have no pedigree, I be I'm, I'm concerned about wasting a pick on a, on a quarterback late in the draft this year. And you already got Blake Borders. If you want a quarterback, then maybe they need to make a play for Eli Manning and come in to compete with Blake Borders. Maybe they need to make a play for Alex Smith to compete with Blake Bortles. Because uh, I think that's the key in, in all successful athletic programs, whether it be basketball, football, got to have competition. That I would competition agree. to make, make, make you better. I would agree with the competition, but I think you really have to work. You, ha- you really have to be a little um, patient with, with Bortles' ego. I think you bring in Peyton, uh, you bring in Eli Manning, it messes his head up. I think you bring in Alex Smith, it might mess his head up. I think you bring in a fourth round pick, it might make him say, "Hey, I got to stick my, I got to step my game up, got to step my game up," because these people are letting me know that they serious about finding a replacement for me. You bring in Eli Manning, it just, I don't know, it might just mess up the chemistry of that team. A little bit too, so I, I'm not so sure about a veteran quarterback coming in, but I, I really am in favor of them um, going with a quarterback in the um, in in the, in, the, in this year's NFL draft. Hey, Steve, we got to get out of here, man. We got we up against a break. Got a couple more callers on the line, but hey, don't be a stranger, man. We're here every Monday night on the Sports Info Your Radio Show, VoiceAmerica.com. Copy that. Keep it real, man. Always 100 for show. Hey guys, we'll be back after these messages with more sports info. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america you're tuned in to sports info um with daryl and sam call us today at 888-346-9144 That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, we got Vince on the line. Vince, what's happening? All right, Mr. Allen, how you doing? Man, I'm loving this life I got every second of it. I'm trying to break it down to milliseconds. I'm going to even love on a millisecond if I can. Hey, what you think about them games yesterday, Vince? Man, what a weekend of football, especially if you are a New England Patriots fan. The Patriots are going to their, uh, I can't, I think it's their sixth Super Bowl in the last eight years. Something crazy Ooh. like that. And here it is, Minnesota Vikings just look like they didn't even deserve to be there. You know, they say, they say that um, the New Orleans Saints um, the New Orleans Saints team is kind of like throwing some shots at at the um, at the Minnesota Vikings, saying, "Hey, see y'all didn't even deserve to be there. We should have been there. Well, hey, they should have won the game if they wanted to be there. I'm talking about the New Orleans Saints, but but the Minnesota Vikings, um, they started out quick. They got out to a seven nothing lead, and that was the end of it. It was it was pretty much over after that. Um. Philadelphia look like a team team of destiny. What you think about them? I think they gonna win it all. Really? I really do. I know they do. They gonna win. They got best team of football. And and, and what, that. I'm gonna tell you this, Vince. I'll say this. Um, I think the Philadelphia Eagles have a team that has to be reckoned with, and and the reason I say that is because here's a team that uh, that started out with a quarterback 
that was only in his only in his second year. You understand what I'm saying? You know, and, and by by that, um, Carson Wentz is only in his second year out of North Dakota. Now, some people didn't really think a lot of him coming out of college and being such a uh, being a first round pick by the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, he's proved a lot of us wrong. But how good really was Carson Wentz, or was this team that good? Because I, you know, I don't see Nick Foles doing anything different than what Carson Wentz did. Maybe Carson Wentz had a, a little bit better feet than uh, than Nick Foles. But as far as arm strength, I don't see there is no difference in the arm strength. As far as reading the defenses, I don't think there's much difference in that. So I may I may have a I may have to agree with you, Vince, that Philadelphia is a very good team and probably the best team in football right now because New England has some holes. They they show. Let me tell you something. Um, I've been watching Philly team, and if you've been watching their team during before the playoffs, before Wentz got hurt, they were averaging 35, 40 points a game. You hear me? Yeah, I'm listening to you. And people don't realize they beat you with kindness. They they don't panic. The defense stays strong. And then as long as the offense keeps going, they they never get themselves in a situation where they don't they gotta fight and battle a game out. They always won by more than two or three touchdowns before Wentz got hurt. And if you if you notice you paying attention, you go back and look at their stats you will see they they were putting up 30 points a game. Then to take that bite, the Rams, as they jumped on the Rams and beat the Rams down, that's when I knew they had a good fortune. Well, uh, Vince, I'm I'm, going to say this to you. The first game of the season, they scored 30 points against the Redskins. They scored 34 points against the Cardinals. They scored 34 points against the, the Redskins. They scored 31 points against the 49ers, 51 points against the Broncos, 37 points against the uh, Cowboys, 31 points against the Bears, 43 points against the Rams, 34 points against the Giants. Hey, I, I would have to agree with you. They scored 38 yeah. points against the, against the Dolphins. This, you're right. This yeah. team probably does average over 30 points a game. Yeah, and, people uh, didn't realize that. I, I didn't realize it until you just mentioned it. Yeah. That's when yeah. I knew they had a team uh, and they were playing team ball. They were really playing together. They really and do they, play they, together. It wasn't no close game. They blowing you out. They not yeah. going that well. They battled like they went by touchdown. They went by three points. They were blowing teams out. Yeah, you're right. And, and you know what? When you look at this team, in them. this is probably one of the only teams in the league that play three running backs. You know, a lot of yeah. teams don't play three running backs. This team actually plays three Running backs, you know, uh, um, they play uh, Blunt, and they have the kid from the Dolphins, and they have this kid Clemens. Um, um, what's uh, Jay Ajay? They have him. So they play Blunt, um, uh, Clemens, and Jay Ajay. So this team has a, has a lot of a lot of depth, and uh, and you and you're right. I would agree with you with that too. They do play team football. So uh, I'm looking forward to this. They gonna be. They, it ain't gonna be surprised. They beat normally by two touchdowns. It ain't gonna surprise me if they play like they've been playing. New England will not 
beat Philly in the Super Bowl. And not, not even just that, you got the best team with best record in football and you the underdog. Two weeks in a row? How you do that? Where they do that and put it like that? Two weeks in a row, oh, Vince. They were, they were the underdog. Yeah. They, they show they get no respect. They don't respect them. And that will make them play harder anyway. If Nick I, Foles, if Nick Foles throw for 200 yards, they will win this game. And when you look at these receivers that they have, Alshon Jeffries, who had a nice career with the, with the uh, Chicago Bears, he's playing some good football with um, uh, with with the Philadelphia Eagles. And when, when you look at uh, at at the uh, the guy Tory Smith on the other side, he's playing some good football for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think this team is is well balanced. Um, it's gonna be very interesting to see how how this how this all works out. And, um, and you know what, Miss Salvador, too, you got to remember um, if you notice if you go back and you go back in the stats in the Philadelphia game, they be scoring forty six yard touchdown bombs passes, one breakaway play every game. They don't score no ten yard pass, and then they run the ball. They throw a ball. They got to run them. They got to run the safety and get deep. They throw big balls. And the quarterback be on point, and they catch them and keep going. They're, they're a big play offense. That, that, if you look at these stats, you, you go into the, the whole season, they got probably more long touchdowns than anybody in pro football this season. If you look at these stats, they, 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 look at what they did against Minnesota. Three. Four to fifty yards touchdown pass. Yeah. When you do that in the playoff game, I, I I hear you, Vince, and you okay. you making some valid points. You know, people don't respect him. You better respect him. I I would agree with that too. I think we, I, I think we really the fifth thing they did. They fold that ball right on the money. You can't. You could have drawn it no better than that. Touch that right on the money. And when we look at this oh game, um, um, the um, right now Philadelphia is a five-point underdog in this game. Now we all know the closer it gets to the Super Bowl, the point spread is either going to go up or it's going to go down. And more than likely, uh, it's probably going to go up just a little bit before the game starts. I, w- I would probably predict this report spread probably going to be closer to eight points, maybe even closer to ten points than it is five by the start of this game. Um, unless we come out with some stories that Gronkowski is not going to play or something like that, I think this point spread is going to go up uh, in, the, in the very near future. Hey, Vince, man, we got to get out of here. Um, the show's almost over, um, but hey, don't. I, hey, we appreciate you not being a stranger and calling us all the time. We really appreciate yeah. it. Hey, we, and I'm gonna say this before I let you go down. Bobcatsky ain't gonna want to play after 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 Philly jump on him this week. <laughs> the Super Bowl, we go. The Pro Bowl is this week, Vince, over in Orlando. Now, no, the Pro okay. Bowl is in Tampa. It's in Tampa this year. And then the Super Bowl is the following week. So we're going to have a week in between. As a matter of fact, I kind of like how they had a Pro Bowl in between um, 
in between the Super Bowl. It gives us something to watch because a lot of times we don't even think twice about not watching the Pro Bowl when the, when the season is over. So I think that's a nice little little, little, um, little trinket that they give us in the middle of that Super Bowl weekend when it's not much to watch. Yep. Hey, Vince, we got to get out of here, man. Don't be a stranger. We're here every Monday talking about sports, talking about the world, talking about what's going on in the world of sports. Okay, thank you, Ms. Allen. Hey, we appreciate you. Hey, guys, um, um, not the Jacksonville Jaguars, not the Philadelphia Eagles, but the NBA. Before we get out of here, what a surprise today. The Milwaukee Bucks fired Jason Kidd. I mean, come on, man. This is a guy that was such a heralded coach when he took that job. And now the Milwaukee Bucks have fired Jason Kidd. That's that, that's that's so surprising that it, it really, really uh, took me for a loop to see that the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguar, not, not the, the um, Milwaukee Bucks fired um, Jason Kidd. That, that's just unbelievable to me. But um, things happen in this world we live in. And I'm not so sure that we've seen, we've heard the last of that story either. I'm, I'm just not so sure we've, we've heard the last of that story. Uh, I think that's going to be some kind of, it might be some kind of scandal in that. Hey, let's just wait and see. It might be a little scandal in that. And Jimmy Garoppolo, the, night, the 49ers quarterback, made $79,000 by winning the AFC championship. And he is and he playing for the 49ers. Not even a team that won the AFC championship. And if the Patriots win the Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get $135,000 extra. And he's not even with the team anymore. I think that's a blessing, man. It's an old saying, don't hate the player, hate the game. But Terrell Owens, Terrell Owens ripped Jason Garrett saying he's the reason that Dak Prescott is not having a good season this year. Terrell Owens says the only reason he had to leave Philadelphia is because Donovan McNabb didn't like him being a fan favorite. I think you're right about that, T.O., I would agree with you. I think Donovan McNabb did not want you with the Philadelphia Eagles because you have become a bigger fan favorite than him. And no, and, and he just didn't. He wasn't with that. Um, Steve Wilkes will be named the Cardinals' next head coach. Bruce Arian stepped down for health and family reasons after last season, um, just a couple of weeks ago. And now Steve Wilkes. Um, Steve Wilkes has been the Carolina Panthers defense coordinator, and now he will be named the new head coach for the Carolina Panthers. I think this is a big deal. I really, really do. Um, you know, we, we talk about the, the Rooney rule, and that's a rule that says that if a team has a vacancy at the head coaching position, they, sh- they must at least interview a black person, a black, head, a, 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 a black person a person of color. Um, So we'll be back next week to let you know on the Sports Info UM Radio Show. Thank you. Have a good night. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.